For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello, Celtics Life fans. Welcome inside the CL Podcast, where we are on the eve of free agency, and we're here to break it down for you. I'm Topher Lane, alongside Justin Quinn, and it's already off to a great start with Big Trade. We're just going to jump right in. Justin, what happened with the Clippers and Chris Paul the third? Oh, boy. The third, huh? <laughs> got to break it down. Chris Paul to the Rockets, and he got traded. It wasn't even free agency, so technically we're wrong, but it, yeah, it's insane. What, what does this mean for the league? What does this mean for the NBA? Well, for those of you who aren't entirely aware of exactly what ended up happening, the Rockets somehow managed to work a deal completely compliant with the collective bargaining agreement and the intentions thereof. How? We're not exactly sure. No tampering, though. That basically sent Chris Paul to the Rockets from the Clippers, even though he was about to opt out of his final year of his deal. So he's not going to be with the, with the Rockets for sure past the next season. He just opted into the final year of his contract. So basically, the Clippers could trade him and get some resources back for him leaving, which points to a good relationship with at least some of the organization, even though there's been some pretty widely reported rifts between Paul and Glenn Davis. There, Well, yeah, and that, and that stuff has been coming out about him saying he's been infuriated with Doc and uh, all this stuff that kind of went down um, as, as his departure kind of was, as this kind of led to his departure. And it seemed like he was going to leave regardless. It, it seemed like the Spurs were probably more likely his destination. But I thought that's where he was going to end up, to be honest. I really think he would have been a good fit there apart from the ball pounding, but I don't think he would, you know, be too happy about the repeated benchings he'd get if he kept that up too long. So I think that, honestly, the, the fit would have been good if he could adapt. It seems like he talks to the Rockets ahead of this trade. It seems like it he had to happen. I mean, some back channel through the agent type communication had to go down because Houston went way out of its way to assemble a bunch of different players. DeAndre Liggins. Oh gosh, I can't even remember the rest of them, but a bunch of different guys on top of some people that has just brought on like Lou Williams. I think mm-hmm. the, let me look at the list. The list uh, of assets that Houston offered up was Patrick Beverly, uh, Lou Williams, Sam Decker, DeAndre Liggins, Montrell, Harrell, Montrezel, Montrell, Harrell. Yeah. I should know how to say that considering he played at Louisville. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Wiltjer and Duran Hilliard. And I'm not even sure if there were more guys. I know they assembled other people like uh, DeAndre, no, not DeAndre Liggins. Tim Quarterman and Ryan Kelly and maybe some other people also. I think they're gearing they're up for more trades. I mean, I, yeah. there's, there's a clear indication that they're trying to go for Paul George and they're trying to make that trade. But for somebody. there's also a ton of other rumors that Carmelo Anthony, if he gets bought out, that he's going to go to the Rockets, that he's going to go to the Cavs. But it seems like the Rockets would be a better fit for Melo if he gets bought out. That was I think that he would be much more successful with that system. Yeah, absolutely. And he had played for... That coach, right? He had played for... Oh, I can't remember Was his he name. there when D'Antoni was in New York? Yeah, he was I don't he was remember there them getting along so great. 
Well, that's part of why he got kicked off. But I mean, he's clearly found a system that works. And he got coach of the year this year. So Yeah, and he deserved it considering the, the, the turnaround. I actually thought that Houston was going to be rebuilding and done for a while before he came well, on. So right now, Houston is targeting Carmelo Anthony, apparently. They're even looking at Gordon Hayward, obviously Paul George. They're looking at guys that they can put in the front court alongside what people are saying is the best backcourt in the league right now. Now, I, I, I take issue with that because I think that Steph Curry and Clay Thompson are the best backcourt. Oh, by far. But I, I, I do not agree at all that the best backcourt. Well, that's that's something we can debate at a later time. But that's that's the claim that they want to put obviously an all-star forward somewhere in the flow of that, especially considering they gave away two of their best, well, two of their top three players, probably. Yeah, I think that's a fair statement. So, what does this do to the Clippers then? Well, there's been a lot of. Okay, so let me let me just start out and say that I think if they can retain Blake Griffin. Or possibly JR, excuse me, JJ Redick, they could still be a playoff team. But when I say playoff team, we're talking about the West. I'm talking about like the eighth or maybe the seventh seed. Basically the sacrifice to the Warriors. Yeah, basically. And honestly, I don't think that's what Steve Ballmer bought the team for. So I, and I don't think that's what he's bringing Jerry West on for. I could see him trying to re-sign Blake a cheaper number just to try to be able to flip him eventually. But if I was Blake, I would not re-sign with the Clippers, you know, not without a no-trade clause, which at that point, what's the point? So I expect that regardless of whether Blake Griffin signs with the Celtics or another team, I don't expect him to stick around in Los Angeles. Well, there is, I mean, considering his injury history, there's security with staying with the Clippers. They've said that they want to give him a max deal, and he can sign for five years, and that would be, for a guy who can break as easily as Blake Griffin seemingly can... You'd think you might be willing. Sorry, Blake Griffin. <laughs> no, I said sorry. I said break Griffin. Yeah, nice. I thought I mispronounced it. Yeah, break Griffin. With it, with how easily he he falls apart, especially in the playoffs, it might be worth it for him to take that security I and take offer that. that to him. I and I, we'll have to see what happens. And we've got two days before we see that, or a day and a half before we see that. So that's going to be wild when it does come out. But you know, there are other teams looking for him. The the Suns just announced that they want to meet with him and that he's going to meet with the Suns. He'd be a good fit there. And I, that would be fun. And I was talking to my friend about it. And like, the Suns are not a team that's going to be contending for a while. But right now, they just need to sell seats. And bringing Blake Griffin there would be a great way because that'd be a fun team to watch. I, they'd, I would even put them on my league pass to watch the Phoenix Suns with Blake Griffin getting lobs from you know, Devin Booker, or even Josh Jackson playing alongside. That'd be a fun team to watch. I'd enjoy that. I agree. Yeah, right. I think it could also be a good fit in New York and Miami. I do think that Miami's probably a slightly better odds favorite than any other team besides the Celtics. If the Celtics were to want him, that's a whole other story. We can get into that another time. We're going to try to rush through all this because there's just so much information. And- On that note, got to go a quick drop to the tweet or the Instagram comment that Isaiah sent saying, Oh, yes, yes, yes. Go ahead. You had a great, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he said like, you had a great time. Now head over to Boston. So <laughs> casual recruitment of Blake Griffin from Isaiah over Instagram. Casual. I mean, he's not just doing that too. He's doing Paul George and getting into fights with Lance Stevenson. It's true. I mean, I love Isaiah. It's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that later. But okay. Free agency now that actually hasn't started yet. Gordon Hayward, who has been really the main target for the Celtics, uh, has announced who he's going to meet with. He's going to meet with Miami on Saturday, Utah on Monday, taking Sunday to travel. And then he's going to hit Boston last, which is likely going to be on the 4th of July. Thoughts? Fireworks. Okay. Fireworks. Also, the last huge, it, who do you, it, do you think that Gordon Hayward is the biggest free agent of this class? You know, they're the guys like Kevin Durant is not going to leave. And so of, of the ones who have, I guess, a slight flight risk, do you think that Gordon Hayward is the biggest free agent of this class? 
I would say so, yes. Okay. So Kevin Durant, who was the biggest free agent of last year's class, announced on Players Tribune on the 4th of July. I'm just saying. And that was right after he'd met with the Warriors. Just got to put that out there. Gordon Absolutely. Hayward might do the same thing. So Hayward, are you? is there any concern for you that, that Hayward is not going to or that Miami is a, a dark horse. Do you think they're a dark horse or do you think they're a legitimate threat? It really depends if there is significant chatter. Okay, so this is a thing that people have not thought about and it hasn't popped up yet, so I don't think it's going to, so don't freak out when I say this. However, if Paul George did not want to go to Boston and did want to go to Houston, he could refuse to extend, which would put... Houston's offer, whatever it will be, somewhere closer to the range of what Boston would likely be willing to offer. So if something like that were to happen, I could see that jeopardizing Boston's claim. But yeah, even even then, I still think that Boston has the upper hand. In terms of Hayward or in terms of George? In terms of Hayward. I think actually in both situations, because if it becomes, a bidding, if it becomes a bidding war, the Rockets gave away everything. There's, there's just the one. Okay, actually, there's two real leverages going on. Pritchard of the Pacers trying too hard to get too much and causing Danny to balk. That could screw it up. I don't think that will be though because Pritchard is pretty level-headed, and I trust that he's just, you know, angling for the best deal possible. The real big unpredictable element here is Paul George. We really don't know what's going on between his two ears, and he might not even at this point. So something to keep an eye on at the least. All right. Moving on to other dysfunctional franchises, the New York, (laughs) who have just parted ways with Phil Jackson after three seasons. Uh, He was paid something like $50,000 a day, if you calculate it out for how many many days he worked. And the deal Dolan just paid him to fire him. Yeah. I don't even understand. I just does, don't understand. Does this change anything as far? Do you think that this was because of the, the fact that he was shopping Christoph Porzingis? I think that that was not why it was a problem. Because frankly speaking, given the situation the Knicks are in, if you, you, you've got to get rid of the Joe Kim Noah contract. And if you can find a way to, to unload that contract and bring someone in who's even close to that, I think that it's worth exploring. I don't necessarily think that that was the problem. How could they I, possibly get rid of the Joachim Noah contract? Well, that would be how you would get rid of the Joachim Noah contract by attaching Kristaps Porzingis to it. Okay. That's really the only way you're ever going. That or time really are your only two options. You'd basically have to accept like nothing. I mean, nobody would pay for both. I mean, maybe some stupid team like Sacramento might buy both of those guys, but. I don't know. Oh, there's, there's plenty of teams out there who would have done it if they had, like, for example, if the Brooklyn Nets had the cap space and some assets, which unfortunately they don't. Yeah. Well, I should say, fortunately. Unfortunately, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. From their perspective, I'm saying they don't have any assets. So, I mean, right now with, with the cap situation being what it is across the league, there aren't any teams that really have both space and assets. So it's just not real, really, honestly, it's just time that we're talking about for getting rid of that contract. So I don't think it was necessarily that that caused him. I think it was how it was handled along with every other thing that Phil Jackson did to the point where I'm asking myself, was there some rift that people have forgotten about between Jackson and Knicks years and years ago that Phil Jackson has been thinking about and stewing over how he's going to get revenge? Or maybe he just wants to see James Dolan out as an owner and did everything in his power to screw the team up even more because frankly speaking, 
That's about what we got out of it. I mean, yes and no. I, I saw the intentions of what Jackson was trying to do. And I saw... Other than Porzingis, though, tell me one good thing that he actually did in the modern NBA. Well, again, I saw the intentions. Like, if Derrick Rose had panned out, which he kind of did, you know, and if Joachim Noah had returned to this, the level that he was playing, that would have been an alright team. And then he actually developed a pretty decent bench. Willie Hernan Gomez was first all-rookie team, and that was a good pick. Hernan Gomez was okay. Kuzminskis also. Yeah, there's, there's been a handful of moves. I, I see the intention behind them, and I wouldn't say that he was blatantly trying to make the Knicks more dysfunctional. I agree that, that James Dolan should not be the owner, and that he's... The fact that he had stepped away and given Jackson the reins, I, I don't think that that would have made it any more or less dysfunctional. I think it just was a perfect storm of stuff. And just moves that just went wrong. That that caused all the stuff. I think he hired him as a as a human meat shield. To be perfectly honest, I think that Phil Jackson, from from Dolan's perspective, was just somebody to deflect criticism at least for a while. Maybe, but it's. I mean, it's it's hard to say. I mean, I, I like I like the idea behind the moves that he had made, and I like that he was trying to to really make big name moves and get these guys. And again, Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose, in like advanced metrics, was playing pretty all right for the Knicks. You know, his finishing around the rim was some of the best in the league. In yeah, time. I had no complaints about Derrick Rose. I think they actually got a good value out of the contract they got for him. My my biggest beef for the tenure of Phil, and we are so into the weeds, but that's all right. We'll we'll get out of him in a second. I think the the the, the biggest, you know, and it was really just the way that he handled his personnel, particularly Carmelo Anthony. That crap just does not fly anymore, and it, it really tarnished my opinion of a great, or at least formerly great man. Okay, to try and dip out of this then, does Phil Jackson being let go, or parting ways as they kind of have phrased it, does that make New York a better free agency destination because he was such a kind of issue for possible free agents looking at New York? It really depends on who they replace him with. The, I can't remember the guy, Steve something, the guy who is running the franchise for Dolan at the moment is not going to presumably be the long-term answer. There have been some rumors connecting Toronto's Masai Ujiri to replace Jackson, which I think are ludicrous considering that Ujiri twice fleeced Dolan. And on top of that, they don't have the best relationship already in walking into a situation like that with an already kind of, I don't know exactly, adversarial relationship. I don't see that happening. The other major candidate out there that I heard floated, actually I've heard two floated, Sam Hinkie, mm-hmm. who I would not, if I were him, touch with a million other people's hands. And David Griffin from Cleveland recently being canned. I could actually see that working just because he's used to dealing with an absolutely atrocious owner. (laughs) But the question there, that's David Griffin of Cleveland, for those of you who aren't familiar. But the question there is, is he really willing to go from the the frying pan into the fire? Again, I don't think so. I I kind of think that there might be a bidding war for Chauncey Billups as a general manager. I, I don't know how to respond to that. Yeah, there's no response. It's just I, sad. I don't know what to what to do with that. All right, let's move on. We're, we're, right. That, that's the end of that conversation. Yes, that's that's good. Good stuff. Chris Paul being traded. We're kind of backtracking now. Does that what's that make the mega extension now? O for three, O for four. The designated veteran player extension that is working out in to date zero for two. Only two that would be. Now that would be okay. So Boogie Cousins. Yep, Boogie Cousins. Let me just backtrack a little bit for people who don't know what that is. That is a brand new feature 
that will be available starting this summer. And it's only available during the summer. And what it does is it's an extension. It's not a new contract. It allows you to earn more than any other player besides another person with the same extension on the team. Each team can have up to two of them. And it allows for larger raises and a five-year extension. Now, that five years and the increased amount of the cap together presumably scared off, and I think rightfully so, the Kings in the case of Boogie Cousins, because the idea of your franchise being tied to five years and the majority of the cap, basically, is a very frightening idea for a particular, for one particular team. If it's not exactly the guy you want to be building around. Now, the other guy who would have been eligible for that would have been Chris Paul. And everyone knew he was going to take it because he was one of the people at the forefront of negotiating it in the first place. In the, the president of the uh, players union, right? Exactly. So that was a foregone conclusion until it wasn't. Now he's no longer eligible having been traded. You can't, you can't be moved. You have to be eligible for all NBA, one of the all NBA teams or MVP to get the extension. And to put it into kind of layman's terms, it's basically a way to let teams keep their star players, small teams to like a franchise tag for you. Exactly. It's, it's the franchise tag. So it was basically built and they almost named it the Kevin Durant rule because that, you know, a ton of fans were upset that he left OKC. And it was for a better situation. Obviously, they won the championship, but it was something that fans wish that, you know, the Thunder could have competed more than just in, you know, we've got a better situation because both the Celtics and the Warriors probably offered something better than what the Thunder could. And then if you get down to money, it's, it's such a significant extension that it, it just, it, it's tough to beat. Yeah. And speaking of the Thunder, the next most likely candidate to get it is going to be Russell Westbrook. They are reportedly going to offer. Westbrook, the five-year extension, which will be, I think, $205 million, which will be the largest deal in NBA history at the time of its signing, surpassing Conley, who's the current, Mike Conley is the current uh, of Memphis, uh, holder of that record, which people flip out about, but it's economic people. It has very little to do, okay, it has something to do, obviously, with, with the amount of talent, but in terms of top tier, like top 20, 30-ish guys in the NBA, Whoever gets the timing right is going to be the person. It's less connected to talent in that context, at least. Now, will Russ sign that? I don't know. You know, is Russ really going to want to be tied to this franchise for five years without a clear sign they're going to be able to rebuild competently around him? Is he going to be happy being, you know, kingfish of small pond? Possibly. We're going to find out pretty soon. Do you think they uh, are competitive in the next two years? Do you think they can rebuild? I, I don't know if they're on the cusp of like needing to rebuild. They're like in no man's land right now. Uh, well, they got, this, they got this insane player of Russell Westbrook, but they don't necessarily have a they're small market team. They recently moved from Seattle to the chagrin of the entire Pacific Northwest and quite a few people elsewhere. So they are rightfully paranoid about making a bad business decision that could sink the franchise. So it makes sense for them to offer this. If he doesn't accept it, then they're going to need to flip him immediately. The DVPE so far has been an incredibly volatile thing. And I think realistically, the only person who else is eligible to get one this year will probably sign one, I think for sure, is Stephen Curry. John Wall is also eligible, but... The finances and future of Washington are also fairly uncertain. And if they can't sign a big name free agent, I have no idea. I'll just, I'll just say that. I have no idea what's yeah. going to happen with John Wall, but 
so far, the DVPE has has not exactly been doing what it's supposed to be doing. Uh, Kevin Durant will has basically said he's willing to take a pay cut almost to stay. Has he though? That is not what I have seen exactly. What have you seen exactly? What are you? What are you? What are you seeing that counters that? Well, Mark Stein is reporting that he will sign his new deal until late in July, which will allow the team to make its off-season moves first. Now, you can just take that the way you did. You don't I am paranoid. Her. Oh, wow. I am paranoid. That, to me, says Kevin Durant wants to make sure they can re-sign Andre Iguodala and the rest of the supporting cast they're going to need to stay competitive. Now, personally, I think they're going to be competitive whether or not they can for, you know, the net, the, the, the title. But that doesn't necessarily mean that Durant will think that that's his best option necessarily either. So keep an eye on that. That might actually just be cover your ass, basically. I And I'll stand by when I say that he's going to basically take a pay cut if he needs to. I mean, and he's going coming. to have to if he's going to resign there. Yeah, which, I mean, he's also, I mean, it's easy to be willing to say that after you just won a championship and got the MVP of the NBA Finals. So it's easier to say that then. But anything else you want to hit on before we go to just quick agency just like point by point absolutely the kings who we now control a very soon to be future pick hopefully uh well actually not so hopefully i'd really yeah. rather get the los angeles lakers pick that we got out of splitting up the number one pick earlier this year before the draft well the kings have managed to get their hands on boyan boyanovich i think that's how you say his name I it was Bogdan bogdanovich Okay, that's fine too. I trust you. Anyway, they are having him come over for a three-year, $36 million deal. And he has been averaging overseas 14.6 points, 3.8 rebounds, 3.6 assists, and 1.1 steals over an, I think, the Adriatic League, but I could be mistaken. I'm just going from memory there. And that's, you know, a fairly competitive league. He's been one of the better European players that have not come over it so far. So he is definitely going to provide them with a noteworthy, if not massive boost, which is not great. But hopefully they still suck enough where we'll get a quality pick out of them. Okay, this is a different Bogdanovich than I thought it was. I was thinking of... Ah, you're thinking of the one who is now... As with far the as Nets, I know, I think. No, they were, he was within the Nets. They moved him at the deadline. There's two of them with almost exactly the same name. Yeah, it's like Bojan versus apparently Bogdan. Or, wait, yeah. yeah. We'll figure out... I think I, might have actually, I think you might have corrected me with the proper uh, pronunciation of this guy's name. I think I actually did the opposite of what you just did. Right guy, wrong name. Anyways, the the guy you're thinking of, he's with, he's with the Wizards now, and I'm not uh, sure if he's yeah. going to continue to be with them. He wasn't okay. he wasn't so great. I mean, no. he he sunk a couple of key threes against the Celtics in the playoffs, but I mean, he wasn't super impressive or anything. Yeah, he was part of that trade that brought Chris McCullough and uh, Bogdanovich, I think, over to the Wizards trade deadline. You like? Yep. Yep. Cool. All That's right. The one. Free agents. Let's hit guys that you can completely forget about. Are Kevin Durant likely? I'm like, although you seem to believe that there's a slight chance that he leaves. I think that he's completely, he's there, regardless. Of what there's happens. always a chance, barring some, you know, things just happen in the NBA, and you look back and say, that'll never happen, and then it happens, so. So do you think for that reason only, with the Warriors? Yeah, for, for that reason only, we're including the, 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 the two guys who I don't think we should really think about too, too hard. Durant and Curry are both potential free agents depending on the decisions that are made i see anthony davis right three years ago i think it was like 1205 on july 1st when news came out that he had signed an extension with the uh the pelicans i think at the time they were still the hornets but it's like 
I expect Curry to be exact same way. I think it's going to be literally minutes into free agency. They're going to be like, hey, you want to sign here? And he'll be like, sure. And that'll yep. be the entire conversation. I don't disagree. Okay. Boston shots. The free agents that are really worth looking at, Gordon Hayward, some people have issue with Blake Griffin, but he's someone that apparently Isaiah Thomas is recruiting. And do you want to put JJ Redick on this list? I do not. I don't think that he is in the tier. Okay, so JJ Redick I have on a different tier. I, I don't think that he is, I think he's an okay fit, but I don't think his money desires are going to be in line with what Boston is willing to pay unless they really crap the bed in their pursuit of people like Hayward and Griffin. Okay. So Hayward's situation isn't really, he can get the fifth year from Utah. That's, that's a difference. Um, but in terms of money, it doesn't make much of a difference where he signs, whether it's in Miami, Utah, or Boston. Yeah. I mean, I could go into a really deep dive to the financials, but he's, he's basically in terms of how much more he can make depending on when he renegotiates, it's under $3 million, which is not a very large amount of money, particularly when you take into account that Salt Lake City is not exactly a hotbed of endorsement opportunities. True. So then the argument for Hayward then in these three options is, should I play for the team that's loved me for my entire career? Should I play for the team that's a coach that I got along so well with that I showed such great chemistry with in college? Or should I have basically a clean slate in a better city where I'll probably still have a complete reign of the program? Or now I'm thinking college, but complete reign of the, the franchise. I don't see him being particularly interested in what Miami has to offer. I do think that the Jazz could surprise us and finagle some interesting moves that might be just enough to keep him out there. But honestly, I don't really expect him to do that. I think he's going to sign with Boston. Optimistic? I, I like am. it. I like it. I'm, I'm worried to be optimistic though. I don't, I don't love being optimistic. And I just saw in, in our Celtics Life group that he doesn't like Tom Brady, so we can't even bring out Tom Brady to the meeting. We can't even know. bring out the big guns. It's good to know. Yeah. So keep that in mind. And I'm sorry, Celtics fans, who just got turned away from Gordon Hayward because he doesn't like Tom Brady. But no, apparently he's a Colts fan. So he, he has that dog in that fight and was not pleased with Tom Brady. So yeah, let that do what it will. We're going to have to find like David Ortiz or something. We're going to have to bring somebody else to that meeting. Hey, whatever works. <laughs> All right, Blake Griffin. Well, a lot depends on what's going on with the Clippers, obviously. Also, a lot depends on what he is asking based on his injury concerns, and that, not just with Boston, but also with the Clippers and really anybody who's interested in signing him. I don't think Miami's going to care too, too much. They might be willing to max him out, so that's something to keep an eye on. But there's also been some discussion of him fitting in in Oklahoma. I don't really see that based on the fact that he seems to be pretty attached to doing this comedy thing, which would require, you know, I mean, I guess there's, you know, somewhere out in Tulsa or something, comedy clubs, but... Oh, that's depressing. Yeah, I just it just doesn't seem like his kind of a place... Well, but then let's talk about fit. So with Chris Paul leaving and the chance of the Clippers facing a rebuild, sure, he could be the really the center of the franchise, but don't you think it'd be better to go and get lobs from Russell Westbrook, the reigning MVP? In terms of or, fit, absolutely. And, and like, I mean, I, money, I don't think is an issue because he's got Kia as an endorsement. Like he's got, he's set. Yeah, he's fine. And I don't think Oklahoma has the cap space to sign him, though. They'd have to move on from someone like Cantor or another starter, I think. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they would have to move some salary to be able to fit him in the max salary. Uh, really, the other big guys in the market then are Kyle Lowry and 
Paul Millsap. Do you think? I I, I don't think. I, I think Lowry is absolutely leaving Toronto. I don't oh, really want gone. him in Boston. I mean, I, I'd, I'd like him in Boston if we didn't have Isaiah. But you know, if we were like a step behind where we are now, I'd like Kyle Lowry, but not not now. He's. 31 or 32, the point guard market is shrunken considerably with teams like Philadelphia taking prospects like Markel Fultz. Chris Paul has possibly opened the door for other moves around the league. It's very hard to see what teams like Chicago are doing. You know, Sacramento is going to be in need of a point guard and they have the ability to create space and sign a max guy. The Spurs theoretically could too if they move Lamarcus Aldridge. You know, they have Tony Parker, but I mean, clearly Tony Parker's on his way out. He was playing very, very bad last year compared to his, you know, overall career. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm really unclear where Lowry is going to be a good fit in terms of, you know, money and space existing at the same time. Paul Millsap. You know, again, age is an issue. Someone might max him out. He's been connected to Denver. I could see him fitting with the Suns possibly also in the same way that Blake Griffin could. And, you know, they are going to be rebuilding long enough where they can afford, you know, to have him be kind of a negative player at the end of his contract of a four-year. That could be something like that. Boston could also work in theory if he was willing to take like a full max with, you know, some likely bonuses or even unlikely bonuses thrown in to, to boost his earning potential to its absolute max. But... I don't really see that being in either of their best interest, Boston or Millsap. Lesser version of, of Paul Millsap, who's probably better at stretching the floor, would be Serge Ibaka, who's also going to be a free agent. I think he stays in Toronto. Really? Yeah, he seemed to be pretty interested in getting there, and he's probably one of the most likely people that they are going to be able to re-sign of the people worth, you know, who are up. I, I don't think Lowry is coming back. Lowry has made it very clear he wants to leave. Otto Porter. Not going anywhere. Danilo Garanari. Could resign. I could see him going to a team that will be willing to pony up some serious money for him. Somebody probably like Sacramento or Brooklyn. Those are basically the go-to people because, you know, there's not a lot of teams with cap space at the moment and they have it. So we, uh, we took interest in him three years ago, three summers ago, I should say. And we're seemingly on the cusp of maybe making a move for him, but then yeah, it kind of fell apart, and we haven't really talked about him since. Well, like Blake Griffin, or a lesser version thereof, he's got a really recurrent, though unrelated, injury history. So that's a concern. His defense is terrible. It's mm-hmm. gotten worse. His scoring's actually gotten a little bit better, marginally better in that interim. But I just, you know, he might be the fourth best option for Boston overall, behind Hayward and Blake and Millsap, in my opinion. Mm. But as with Millsap, I think like financial fit and other factors make him very unlikely. JJ Redick. As I was saying earlier, he'd be a good fit, but he's just going to cost too much. I don't like if he, if he cost what he cost with the Clippers, then, you know, he'd be a great candidate for something like the mid-level exception. Yeah. Cause he's asking for like 18, I think. Yeah. And that's about $10 million more than we could ever scrape up exactly um, unless we unless we get nobody you know if we if we completely crap a bed he would be a good fit for a short-term fix well yeah and you'd put I, I don't think that he'd be starting but he'd be a phenomenal scoring punch off the bench exactly which would be solid so yeah actually i would say he'd be our third best option and then gallinari i'd rather both gallinari and reddick 
above Paul Millsap personally. But that's that's my own ranking. How do you um, feel about Nerlens Noel? He's going to be up for. Uh, well, he's not. I mean, Dallas not going to let him leave. Like Dallas is going to do anything to to keep him. They are in love. Probably. With him. Well, I I've I've liked him and I've been interested in him. Uh, he was one of the guys that I was totally willing to trade for when we were doing stuff at the draft last summer. That was something I was really interested in. Um, I had heard that we were more likely to get Okafor, which I was not as excited about. Rightfully but, so. You know, Nerlens Noel, I think, is a, a fun player, and I think he fits so well in Rick Carlisle's system, and I, I think he knows it. I don't think he plans on leaving Dallas. I think, I think you're right. Rudy Gay. So he's kind of like a lesser version of Gallinari. He's a little older. He's got the... the um, Injured Achilles that he's rehabbing. If, if he's looking like it's healed, and I don't think there's any way we're going to, we're going to be able to find that out in a time frame that's going to be relevant for free agency, he could be the fourth or fifth best option out there. If the Achilles is healed, his defense, although improved, is still kind of bad. And his reputation as being just like a chucker, a volume shooter with, with little concern for spacing is, is not really in line with the last couple of years of his game. He's really changed more to a four than a three and his, his shooting has, has improved considerably. So his, he's, he's a lot better than I think people, well, he was a lot better than people thought, but it really, when you, when you're his age, he's, I think 31. 31 yeah. or 32, it's a lot harder to come back from an Achilles injury. I mean, you look at Kobe Bryant, for example. Yeah, exactly. Was, the I was going to make. Yeah, he was, he was a pretty solid starter still before that happened. And basically from the moment that that occurred, his career as a starter was basically over apart from his reputation. We talked about the, the point guard market. So well, let's run through a few of those guys. Drew Holiday of the Pelicans. Well, New Orleans is desperate. They can't replace him with their cap situation being what it is, so they will offer him anything he wants. So I do think that he's going to stay. I think he's going to explore the market just to make sure they give him what he wants, but I don't see him going anywhere. He's like the 15th best starting point guard in the league. But they can't replace him. He's like an average point guard. I really liked Drew Holiday when he was younger, but just injuries and everything else just taking that away from him. And he's just, yep. he's, he's a shell of what he once was. And we're not going to go for that for any, there's just no situation where we would be interested. George Hill, in I some like weird universe that saw us you know, need to get a point guard, I could see him fitting pretty well. He did really well in Utah and he fit yeah. really well in Utah. I think, I think he was a really part of what made their, their playoff run. And uh, even their their fifty plus win season possible alongside but the obvious, you know. We don't need a point guard at yeah, the moment in I, terms of what we can do. So that's not a possibility. Then there are guys like Dion Waiters, which Syracuse. I, I, nope, 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 nope. I do think he would be a good, you know, ten to twelve million dollars signing should Miami not want him, and we. Don't get anybody again. He's he's way down the bottom of the list of realistic people. But I did say of one particular player in our notes who would actually be a pretty good fit, a little bit of a risk because we don't know what his actual ceiling is going to be, but he has surprised people so far. The Grizzly. Jermichael Green. There it is. Yep. yep. Nice. 
<laughs> got a good perimeter game. He can get boards. His defense is pretty solid, and he's young. You always have your like kind of obscure guy that you really want to target. I feel like. Oh yeah, that reminds me, Clint Capella. I think that would be another person <laughs> really like to trade for. But you know, who knows if we're going to have space slash need for him? Yeah. But I digress. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Maybe we can go with cash considerations. He's on uh, Houston right now, right? Who's that? Clint Capella. Capella, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So maybe cash considerations. You never know. I think All they right. would value him. They should value him. But if they don't, I'd be happy to swoop in. So Andre Iguodala will be. A, is he restricted or is he a unrestricted free agent? I believe he is a restricted free agent, so they will have the right to match Golden State Warriors, that is, for those mm-hmm. of you who don't know who we're talking about. They will have the right to match him. He is basically their glue guy. There is an excellent chance that a pissed-off general manager is going to throw a poison pill, offer the Warriors way just, even if they don't want to, to sign him, just to make it impossible for the Warriors to continue with their Curry-Durant signing as it currently stands. So that is another thing that is tied to Durant waiting until later this summer to do his deal. Very, very interesting. Could also happen with Sean Livingston, who I didn't include on this list because there's just really no chance we would have any interest in him, in my opinion. But both of those guys, keep an eye on them. I think they're both restricted free agents, and it could really screw up the Warriors' plan. So I'll be very disappointed in the entire league's general managers if nobody does that. Contavious Caldwell Pope, the Piston. Staying in Detroit. Yes, he is. He's not going to get more elsewhere. <laughs> I mean, Brooklyn, uh, if they can't sign anybody, but... They're looking for Redick, the Nets. I think so. Tony Snell. He's staying in Milwaukee. He's a good shooter. Milwaukee loves him, and they've got no other options. They're going to give him anything he wants. I think I think they're going to give him somewhere in the neighborhood of 15, 16 million, and I don't think anyone else is going to just because they need him more. The Taj Mahal? Gibson? That is actually another good option if we can't get a big deal and one of the more realistic. I also think that Zebo would be another oh, great man. option. Yeah, but is he? what's his deal going to look like? Like, What do you think his, his offer sheet's going to I think both of those guys are somewhere between 8 and 12 million, depending on the years. Okay. Yeah. No, it'll be interesting. Because those guys are, because what was, what was Evo commanding? He had a really huge deal with the Grizzlies, right? I don't remember the exact figure, but I know it was north of 10 million. Yeah. He like 12. He's making good money. And that was, that was on the old cap. That was back when it was like that 12 million was in. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Onwards to, how the luxury tax may affect teams. What well, happens to Cleveland that is looking at their fourth straight year being in the, in the luxury? Well, not fourth straight year, but third time in four years, which is what caused the, triggers the repeater amounts. So just to give a basic recap of an article that I wrote earlier this week, if you think about things from a financial perspective, what has been happening with Cleveland since the end of the season makes a lot more sense. David Griffin gets fired and right in the middle of a deal to acquire one of the more reasonable players that could help, that being Jimmy Butler, LeBron, compete before he leaves or threatens to leave at the end of his contract next year. So from a strictly winning perspective, what's been happening with Cleveland makes no sense. Why would the owner fire the guy that got him where they are now and got them a title on the cusp of their last really solid chance to keep arguably the greatest player in the world on their team? Well, the answer really is because 
the owner probably doesn't seem to think, and I think rightfully so, that they have any chance at assembling a team that is even vaguely affordable under the cap and are making moves to kind of open the door for LeBron to leave of his own volition at the end of his contract after not surrounding him with the kind of talent he's going to need. So I think there's not a very good chance of LeBron being in Cleveland beyond this season. Okay. Houston? <laughs> you think he's going to go to Houston? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he gets bought out. That would that would definitely, you know, salary cap is not going to be determined until the end of the season, so he could dodge a lot of money if he could buy him out, and that would free him up. So another thing to keep an eye on. Okay. So quick hits of just stuff that kind of happened in the past week. Uh, Lifetime Achievement Award for Bill Russell. Brad Stevens, fourth place in Coach of the Year. How this you feel is about for the NBA Awards, the inaugural edition, for those of you who aren't aware. Yeah. How do you feel about Brad Stevens falling it at four? That was a travesty. I mean, I'm comfortable with D'Antoni winning. I think he did something impressive enough to win it. But I really think that, you know, apart from the auto nomination of Popovich, I think that Brad Stevens should have been third. Who was, was it Spolstra who took his spot, really? Spolstra, Spolstra I think, w- was third, yeah. 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 I, I, and we've kind of complained about that because Spolstra really shouldn't have been in that voting. It's like he turned around a really crummy team. Uh, he turned around a team that just was underperforming and made them perform pretty adequately. It was impressive, I'll give it that. You know, I didn't expect it in, in so far as I thought that they were completely done this year, but yeah. yeah. Uh, my own my own issues. Okay. Isaiah got fifth MVP voting, which I was really happy with. And also most improved player. Uh Russell Westbrook won MVP. Uh James Harden took two. Jalen Brown, all-rookie, second team. Nobody Better, on the Celtics. Hey, it's not his fault. He's on a great team. Yeah, nobody on the Celtics, though, took any of the NBA all-defensive team. I'm okay with that. Except one vote for Isaiah, a single vote. <laughs> and then he tweeted some hilarious stuff where he's like, oh, I'm going to be third team all-defense next year, guys. It's going to be great. And that was fun because third team defense. I mean, to be fair, Isaiah's defense got a lot better in the second half of the season. But yeah, that vote was a joke. I think I saw that he... uh was by like advanced analytics the second worst defender in the NBA by for the whole season or because the, the second half in the playoffs he was in the I want to say he was at the top of the or the well the top of the bottom fifth quintile yeah still not good <laughs> no 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 not at all no, not but, worth a vote for all defense yeah so what else Landon Lucas of Kansas got signed to play with the Celtics for summer league nothing too crazy I think nothing's coming of it got a back to the basket game can't shoot from more than three or four feet away though he can get boards Dude, there's a remote chance that he can make it but I doubt it the biggest news is that Jordan Mickey is not on the summer league roster yeah, what's that up is, with that? That is the biggest news, and I'm amazed that I did not think to bring that up to the top of the show. Well, we got it in. I am livid. Who decides the the summer league roster? Who decides that? Who's blind? I think it's Mark, Marcus Thornton. Mark, <laughs> I refuse. Which might be why he got his rights renounced by the Celtics. He's gone. Yeah, whatever. We'll move on. We'll do, I'm going to get back to this Jordan Mickey stuff, though. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I'm going to figure it out. All right. Uh, how do you feel about the nickname? Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. 7-Eleven, get buckets 24-7. Get well, it. it doesn't exactly roll off the tongue, but no, I like it. it. I like the concept, but I, I, I'm i cool with it being 7-Eleven, like, like an alley-oop kind of deal, like if somehow Jalen tosses it up to, to Tatum and throws yeah, it. I hope he gets to see that. Yeah, I'd be cool with that, but the whole thing is, is kind of it's a lot of work. What about uh everybody's favorite NBA helicopter dad, 
getting jiggy on uh, WWE Raw. I didn't watch it, and I, it seemingly it didn't matter that I it, I don't know what happened, and I just was annoyed by the video. I was happy We're to like the bottom ball for those of you who are. Uh, I was annoyed. Marcus Smart's hitting threes, kind of. If you like that video. I mean, it's pretty easy to hit threes when you're being defended by a camera from behind you. Yeah. Do you think that shows any any improvement? Do you think it actually... His form looks great, but his form needs to look great when he is playing in an NBA game. So I'm, I'm optimistically, cautiously interested in this development, but I'm not putting any stock into it until it translates to actual statistics from an NBA game. Isaiah, in his injury, seems to be taking up some time on Instagram and seems to be enjoying yeah. his time on Instagram. We talked about how he recruited Blake Griffin to come over from Bo- or from L.A. to Boston, and now also was talking about recruiting Paul George and got into a fight with Lance Stevenson. Yeah, you guys got to check that out. He he basically just got into it with, with Lance Stevenson on Instagram, and I've got to say, tampering or not, I'm pretty into Isaiah standing for the Celtics as hard as he does. I am personally seeing stuff like this makes me think that he'll wait for the last minute to back up the Brinks truck if he has to. You know, he's, and did we talk, have you talked about the tampering thing? If this is tampering? Because it's not tampering. It's, it's, if the team, if they can prove the team is asking him to do that, it's tampering. If a team employee besides a player ask him to do it, but it's really hard for a player to get hit with tampering so long as it is presented as, you know, just regular communications, working out together, stuff like that. There was a time where they might have gone after them, but it seems to be the norm where that is not, unless it's explicitly like, hey, you should come play on my team, and it's, you know, in a media that is incontrovertibly detectable, tampering charges aren't going to get brought. Okay. Uh, more recruiting. Jimmy Butler is trying to bring Kyle Lowry to the uh, Timberwolves. So they're going to be a fun team. That would be a great fit, but they kind of have a point guard already. Yeah, but they don't. I mean, they've been trying to trade Ricky Rubio for forever. Hey, someone out there should sign him, you know, or trade for him, I should say. He, I think he makes about $12 million a year, and he's still kind of young. He'd be oh. a great option for a lot of teams. I, he's a phenomenal distributor. That's really all that I can give to him. <laughs> his core vision is great. I love it. Scoring is not his strength at all. We've got Marcus Smart, speaking of Jimmy Butler, taking a shot at him with his new basketball camp shirts, Be About That Life. Dude, those were sweet. I thought those were so cool. Check out Mark Allison's Twitter because he wrote that post. It's phenomenal. It's it's just so cool. Absolutely. Ante Aziz, how do you even say his name? Zizic? I say Zizic, but I could be wrong. Hey, once once summer league starts, I'll be able to learn because someone's gonna butcher his name like ten times, and then finally they'll figure it out and we'll know. But until then, I'm just really puzzled by how to say his name. Well, he had some visa problems. I don't want to get into visa problem discussions on a sports blog, but let's just say that that's been settled and he is ready to join the Celtics. Yeah, and he hung out with Danny Ainge too, right? Yep. In Boston, just got to enjoy kind of like downtown Boston, like checking out what's going on. It's pretty cool. And he's he's up for summer league. He's on the roster instead of Jordan Mickey, which is hurtful. Um, RJ Hunter is back in action, also summer league or will be. Yeah, he's going to be with the Portland Trailblazers as a point guard, which is interesting. Following Evan Turner, he misses him. I think as so. we all do. Maybe he can get an outsized paycheck from the Trailblazers also. 
Brad Wanamaker. Do you know anything about this guy? I do only because he played against UConn back in the old Big East, and I remember getting irked at Pitt's success. He went to Pitt. He has since gone on to play in Europe. Uh, he was a teammate of Zizic, speaking of, on, let me see if I can get this right, Darusafaka. It's a <laughs> Turkish league in the uh, team, which is, you know, it's a higher, though not high, European league. I guess you could call him a European league. Turkey is technically partially in Europe. And he's, he's you know, he's a taller guard. He can, he's a combo guard. He was scoring it's uh, 16, almost 17 points a game when he was over there. So, I mean, he could theoretically be an option for Boston. Reportedly, he's holding out on signing any new deals with any European clubs in the hopes that the Celtics or the Pelicans sign him. Awesome. Yeah. Anything you're working on for Celtics life? Well, I am trying to stay ahead of all the cap and free agency implications as they are coming. So, you know, I don't have anything in particular that I'm working on apart from that generally focused stuff. But there's going to be so much content coming in the coming you know, week or two it's gonna about be free agency. Yep. It's going to be wild. I'm so excited. Well... For listeners, check out the links at the top of CelticsLife.com. We have a huge variety of shirts and hoodies in our store, and you can even get tickets to the next game under that heading whenever the season does start. Summer League, do we get? Do we have tickets for Summer League on there? We should. I don't know. You got to check. Yeah, you guys have to check that out. We're gonna let you decide. Uh, you can find this podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and most podcatcher apps. Make sure you subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear. Be sure to rate us five stars. We really appreciate it. And if you don't like something or you have a suggestion, make sure you let us know with a comment. We really want to bring you guys the Celtics coverage that you want the way you like it. Now, if anything does crazy happen, if anything crazy happens, words during uh, free agency, you'll hear about it here. Justin, what's your craziest prediction? What do you think happens? Craziest prediction, probably LeBron getting bought out. We'll see if that happens. And then goes to Sacramento. <laughs> yeah. If it happens, you'll hear about it. Keep up with the hashtag CLPod. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Take care. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.